Um, yeah, we can move on to the forwards now. I, I, I do want to throw this to you guys real quick. Um, are you surprised? I don't know. At, at least in my opinion, I feel like I haven't seen the chemistry between uh, Krejci, Hall, and Pashnak there as much as I hoped I was going to see it early on. I, I know now Krejci was hurt for a handful of games early on, and, and it's still early in the season. But there haven't been a ton of like odd man rushes where they're tic tac toeing, and there haven't has I, I got to be honest, there hasn't been a whole lot of anything between those three, even in the offensive zone. Like, are you guys surprised by that? No, obviously, as individuals, they all have. You know, I mean, Pashnak's obviously got like what twenty one two points in fourteen games. Like he's he's playing phenomenal as a, as an individual, phenomenal. Uh, one of the prettiest empty net goals you'll ever see, by the way. You know, Krejci and Hall, like, they have like 10 points or so through 14 games, whatever it is. So it's not like neither of them are performing on an individual level. But as a, as a unit, I just don't see it five on five as much as I was hoping to early on, at least. Yeah, it's been quiet for them for a little while now. And, you know, especially this, especially Thursday's game against Calgary. Like, it was a very weird game. I thought the, the Bergeron line was really quiet, too. But when... So when one of the Bruins' top two lines was on the ice, the Bruins got outshot twelve to three. Like that, you just don't see that. But specifically to to that second line, um, yeah, it it it's like it almost seemed like earlier in the season, like right off the bat. I think opening night, or yeah, I think it was opening night. Like you saw Krejci and Pasternak making like a bunch of you know like great passes to each other, like almost kind of like behind the back at times. And I don't know if that, maybe that was just a product of like, we, we talked about it at the time, how, you know, teams early in the season, including the Bruins tend to be kind of get opened up more defensively. They're not structured. They're not clamping down. And I wonder like, as that's happened, as the Bruins have gotten into some tougher opponents that are starting to play better defense against them, that line hasn't really been able to adjust and you're right. Like the fact that they're not getting chances off or at least a lot of chances off the rush, it's kind of the most concerning part because you, you figured they would at least have that, right? Like that would be there. They'd be able to create chances off the rush. And then maybe, you know, the work in the zone cycling, all that would have to come and, you know, maybe be a little bit more of a work in progress, but yeah, it, it does look a little disjointed and, I think, you know, I don't, Krejci's been good this season, but I still feel like at times it looks like he's maybe not quite back up to NHL speed. Like he's still, there's been a few times where like he gets the puck on his stick and the play kind of catches up to him faster than he's anticipating and he loses the puck um, or he holds on to it just a little bit too long and you know, I'm not concerned like longer term. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's, he's a smart enough player. He'll get there, but it does seem like at times he's still not quite up to NHL speed. Yeah. And he's something we were talking about too. He's a minus four on the season and there's, I don't even know if there's another Bruin that's my, okay. Strawman is the only one that's a minus four. Like everybody else is higher than that. Um, Some guys are in, you know, Pasternak's he's plus six and Krejci's minus four that's still such a big difference between um 
those two despite them being on the same line. And I did think that they were quiet today besides besides on the power play, um, the five forward power play, like we mentioned, um, which they – Pasternak at least had a few chances. Krejci had one I remember, like, crossing through the – like, right above the crease. Um, but, yeah, I thought that other than on the power play, they were kind of hard to notice except for – at the very end when Pasternak scored an empty net goal. And like you said, it was actually kind of a pretty empty net goal. Um, but anyhow, the five, just because I was just saying about the five forward power play, um, they at times did not look great, but at other times, like they looked very dangerous just with how fast they can move the puck. Um, and they're getting shots that are in close. Like you're, you're not seeing them try to, to take chances that are like even really that high above the dots. Like they're getting all their chances really close in down low um, to brusque in particular down there. So I think that it's, it's kind of a weird power play obviously with the five forwards, but they do some things well enough to keep them together. I don't know if I would keep them together every single power play, maybe do it twice a game and two other power plays. Don't do it. I, I don't know, but um, it was just different how how close their their close chances were, you know, a lot more, um, and they're cl- they're clearly elite passers and better puck movers. So, those are just my thoughts on the five person. Well, I thought it was a, I thought it was especially interesting that Montgomery stuck with it with three three fifty six left in the third period uh, with a one goal lead, and he still went with the five forward unit, which I was reminded of before the season when he was first asked about five forwards and he, you know, he said he's open to it. And then he was saying, you know, but it will be situational. Like, and I think I, I wanted to try to find this quote before the podcast, but I, I don't know. I'll have to go back, but I think he like specifically said, like, I wouldn't do it protecting a one goal lead late in the third. And then you get into this game and he does. And I and I asked well, him yeah, because he got yeah he got tr- he got trigger happy. He was like, I just wanted to extend the lead. <laughs> well, yeah, he was like, if it was only two minutes left, he he probably wouldn't have. But he said, you know, with like almost four minutes left, yeah, he thought it was a great chance to extend the lead. He liked the way they were playing, and you know, basically, he feels like Krejci's been reliable enough at that point spot and responsible enough that like he's not he's not worried about like a turnover up there and it going back the other way. So one, I'm going to make a comment on the power play real quick. I just wanted to, before I forget, just one last thing about that second line is that um, just one thing I I really think that they need to focus on is they need, they need to identify like who's going to be the lead for checker. I, I, I think when you have a scoring line, it's really important to have three different guys that know their identity on the line. Like one of my favorite lines in the last like 15 years for the Bruins was Lucic, Mark Savard, and Phil Kessel, just because each guy knew exactly what their role was. Lucic was get in there and and cause havoc, and Savard was the elite setup man, and Kessel was the finisher. And not every line's gonna be made up like that, but it was a good identity. Like every guy knew what they did. And you look at Martian and Bergeron and Pashnak over the years and Martian was that guy like he's going to lead the four check and Bergeron's going to be the all around and Pashnak's a finisher but with this current 
line of, of Hall, Krejci, and, and Pashnak. I just I don't see any of them. Um, they're they're too they're too offensively talented. Like I need one of them to really get in there and, and use their speed because they all well Hall and Krejci, uh, Hall and Pashnak have speed in the wings. Like those whoever's the first guy in Hall or Pashnak, they just have to commit more to to playing the body on the forecheck. First guy takes the body as opposed to trying to anticipate where the puck's going and. And Hall and Krejci, they both like to be playmakers, and I just feel like I think I, I think that line would be better off if if Taylor Hall would adopt more of a shot first mentality and not defer to Pashnak all the time because it looks like he and Krejci both want to make pretty passing plays, but it's just I don't know. So that that's just my quick thought on them. They just gotta and they'll figure it out. And to your point, Scott Krejci will he'll get going, um, but he is it does look like he's catching up to some NHL speed here. Yeah, and and just before we move off them, cause I want to look this up just like some numbers on them that I think, you know, just so it doesn't come across as like the sky's falling or anything, but they're still at 55% uh, course on the season, 59% expected goals, but actual goals are three, three. So um, when they've been on the ice, so, you know, breaking even is not, not what you expect from that unit. Like you expect them to, significantly outscore the opposition when they're on the ice, but their overall numbers aren't, aren't bad. They're, they're just not quite where you probably expect them to be or want them to be. But again, that's, that comes back to like, they're clearly not clicking in all on all cylinders yet. So if they, if they can get there, then you would expect them to start scoring at the rate that, you know, I think everyone thought they would. And it's only 14 games of the year and they've only been together for what, eight or nine of them with Chris. Yeah. Um, my, my, my only comment on the power play that you guys were just talking about is um, with the five forward look, I'm a little trepidatious long-term with that just because I really think it's important to make sure that you're keeping um, either McAvoy or Lindholm engaged um, throughout the course of a game in all situations. And I think that you can be selective and decide for this power play, let's go all five, let's go all five forwards. But I really think that it's better it's better for the team to have um, McAvoy and or Lindholm, McAvoy ideally, um, getting those touches at some point on the top unit. Lindholm still, even without getting as much time as normal on the power play, ended up with almost 26 minutes of time on ice. So like maybe occasionally you could say, okay, we'll give him a break for the because he does come in on the second unit still. Um, so it's not like he's not getting power play time on ice. He's just not getting it with the first unit currently. Yeah. And I think McAvoy is going to end up there. Um, I asked Montgomery on Wednesday. Yeah. I think Wednesday was like the practice. He got moved up and I asked Montgomery, like, will McAvoy go right back to the top power play unit? And he said he hadn't even thought about it at that point. Um, and then said, you know, at first, like they're just going to focus on his five on five minutes and kind of start to to work him into special teams. But he said, yeah, like once he's up to speed, he's definitely on that unit. So he kind of kind of already gave it away, saying like that's where he sees him, um, which isn't surprising. Like I think the the five power play unit, five forward power play unit, is is good and has, and has looked good at times, but, um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it's better in more specialty situations. And ultimately like once McAvoy's, once McAvoy's fully back up to speed, 
putting him back there, I think, just makes a lot of sense. Do you guys want to talk about bottom six now? Because there's not as much to talk about bottom six, but Frederick Coyle Zaka. Um, Coyle is obviously huge on the penalty kill, and they've had such a good penalty kill this year. Zaka actually had two chances up close. Um, and Frederick kind of not really too noticeable again. And then the Felino Nosek Smith line on the fourth line that they had together today. Well, just looking at, I'm glad you brought that up, Bridget, because it is, I did want to give a tip of the cap to Coyle and Zaka. I think they've been playing good hockey lately and Trent Fredrickson, he's been engaged too. Obviously Nick Felino, every game this year has found a way to impact the team, but um, Felino, Coyle and Zaka through 14 games are all half a point per game or better. Um, which it, that's, that's, we don't want, it's not like they're, you know, scorching the other teams, but that tells you that, that you're getting production throughout your lineup. And, and I don't take it for granted because I've watched this Bruins team struggle for the last three or four years, despite it being a, a top 10 or so team in the league that they, they haven't been able to do that. They've been relying on their power play and their top forwards, and now they're getting it from everywhere. So, yeah, I think I, I think that their bottom six has been great. It, the combinations continue to tinker a little bit here and there. Um, but I have no complaints about them. I mean, obviously, Thomas Nosek hasn't found the score sheet. Um, but he's but even he's, you know, he's I was hard on him earlier in the year in preseason, but he is he is doing well on the penalty kill. Um, yeah, I, I've been happy with their play as 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 a as a bottom six group. No matter, yeah, no matter who's in there, AJ Greer, Lauko, whomever. Yeah, and and Nosek, luckily he you know ended up playing um, the rest of the game, but he did take that kind of a dangerous hit um, that we mentioned earlier. Um, but but other than that, yeah, his his contributions mostly came um, on the on the penalty kill. And then Smith, I didn't think had a terrible game, um, but of the bottom six, Felino once again stood out. Um, and when asked about him, Coach Montgomery said, um, Felino's having a great year. I can't find him enough ice time. Um, so basically, he just keeps earning more and more time and, and respect from this team. Yeah, I, I like how I feel like Montgomery could say that and basically did say that about like the entire bottom six. Um, kind of. Just like a that kind of stuff is like kind of be quickly becoming classic Montgomery. Like I want to play but everyone twenty case, minutes a game. Yeah, but in this case, like I don't think he's just like saying it to just try to like pat someone on the back. Um, like Felino is earning the ice time that he gets clearly, and um, you know he's had another fight uh, sticking up for Nosik. Um, so he's, he had three hits. Um, so he's another guy that's just leads by example. And so I think that's why he's takes the time after the games to say stuff like, like I will that say, about him. I will say like Jim Montgomery, I have a new nickname for him. I, I'm calling him Jolly Jim from now on. Like, <laughs> I, I honestly think that I know the holidays are vastly approaching. I think he has a part-time job as, as being a Santa Claus at the Burlington mall. <laughs> Like taking pictures with the kids, just throw on the, the the fake white beard and give him give him the old the fat suit and call him Santa Claus. But he's just like so he's it's honestly comical. He's like a TV character. He's like so 
positive about everything. Even when he like tries to criticize things, he always puts a positive spin on it. He so he hasn't lost it. He hasn't lost at home yet, so he can be as happy as he wants with the media in the, in the post games. And and by the way, the fact that his goalie is playing so well definitely makes his life a lot easier. <laughs> like Allmark just, you know, he, he said as much. Like I can just be calm behind the bench, uh, and I just know Allmark's going to make the stop. So like it, the the way the Bruins are playing allows him to be as jolly as he wants. Well, and another one of my favorite Montyisms came up after the game, which is that uh, the, every, everyone on the team is better than he thought they they were. He was he was asked like, you know, how has coaching Elmark been different than facing him or whatever? And he, you know, he made it like, look, I was in the Western Conference and not scouting every Eastern Conference goalie. And then he's like. But he's better than I thought. It's Swayman too, like because you know. I've never heard of him before. So he had to be better than non-existent, I guess. You know what, Scott? You're you're a better writer than I thought you were, and I thought you were a pretty good writer. But I keep waiting I really, for that. I really yeah. got an appreciation for how good of a writer you are. You're really punctual and all that we, good stuff. He's a real. Tiger. I'm waiting for him to call Scott a tiger yeah. one day. <laughs> well, I mean to say to say it about like Clifton or or Olmark is one thing, but he also said it about. Pashnak, he was like in training training camp. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, I, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was this good. And starts chuckling, like, Jake, what do you mean? He's like, he's like a fifty goal scorer, like that elite for a couple years. To be fair, to be fair, I don't think he knew most of their real names except for just their nicknames for a while. Maybe still doesn't. So I feel like he was coming in with limited information (laughs) on the Bruins, and then you know, it, it apparently. It still works. So he, he starts like every sentence with, you know what? When you guys are in media scrums, pay attention. He always starts with, you know what? And just starts chuckling. He's such a jolly guy. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to see him at the Burlington Mall. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Is that is that all we want to talk about with game stuff? Any last thoughts on the game before we move on to our final topic? One, one thing I was going to – one thing I wanted to mention because – we know like the Bruins have obviously picked up their defensive play. They still lead the NHL in goals per game with four per game. They're now up to second in goals against per game, 2.29 right behind Vegas. The only other team even, you know, close to them in the standings. Vegas is, uh, what's their record now? 13, two and oh, so half a game ahead. But man, like that didn't take long to climb up in, in, terms of team defense you know start of the season we're thinking like ah they sacrificing defense too much it's wide open give up seven to ottawa and it's like nope they're they're now number two in team defense yeah there's that running gun hockey people were criticizing them for <laughs> um yeah no it's uh it's and, and and you know the thing is it's like it has it, it hasn't been pretty the whole the whole time like there's like we've talked, I mean, Anaheim, Dallas, Calgary, um, Pittsburgh, all the, those are all wins that, that weren't necessarily pretty. Um, but again, they find ways to win and, and, and in doing so they have, they have collected, um, the best goal differential in, in the league. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, if that's the case when it's not always looking pretty, that's, that's that's not bad. It's not a bad situation to be in. 
But uh, yeah, um, Bridget, if you had, I had no more thoughts on the game. I mean, all, other than um, Allmark just kind of making his case for early case for for Vezina candidate if this were to stay, but we'll see how that plays out. But I had no more thoughts. Um, and if you do or don't, you can take over and introduce the next topic or Scott, whomever. <laughs> 